Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points and Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um... I took away the pressure, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Fall Show. I'm Shawnee Constant, and this is the show that is not only a friendly conversation about the week that was in professional wrestling and sports entertainment, but also a quiz show, or so <clears throat> I'm told. Our game consists of three categories, containing three questions each, where it's one, two, and three points consecutively. If a contestant doesn't know the answer, points can occasionally be awarded for comedic value, although I have to say, not a funny bunch. (laughs) That's debatable. A humorless group. I'm just staring into your cold, dead eyes right now, Chuck. (laughs) Humorless. Humorless. Absolutely humorous and somewhat murderous. Yes, and before I introduce the panel, let me say uh, it is with uh, great sadness that I have to report that Erica Bannis, uh, Erica, who is not wrong, uh, our scorekeeper and and moral compass has had to take the day off, uh, although it is for her wedding anniversary, which she's excited about. So I guess uh, congratulations are in order for her while I suffer with these three gentlemen. Yes. (laughs) We miss you, Erica. Absolutely. Uh, first, let me introduce our newest loser, the man who was uh, holding his putter last week, constantly referring to his golf score uh, while the <laughs> a- opposition was answering questions. Uh, my arch enemy, <laughs> Mr. Chuck Bean. Thank you, Senpai. I'm uh, happy to be back and can promise everybody that this week I will, at the very least, double my score from last week. Wow. Like Dogecoin. To the moon, Chuck. To the moon. <laughs> um, I do have to say uh, a shout out to uh, Hall Gaming 412 over on the Twitch channel. Uh, hangs out and watches Super Universe with us on Saturdays. Uh, he did refer to Mr. Mr. Chizak Bean. <laughs> and then I told him I'd give that shout out, but uh, I, still nice. I still don't like you, Chuck. <laughs> All right. Next, allow me to introduce you to the uh, many-time champion of the One Fall Show. Uh, it's been a minute since he's won, but I always suspect that uh, this snake is only waiting in the weeds, Mr. Nate Bender. How you doing, Nate? To be successful at this game, I would have to be watching wrestling, which I am not. So I don't, <laughs> I don't expect much of anything from today's show. And finally, the moment that no one has been waiting for, the kid who technically scored less points than me last week, despite the fact that I was not in the game, uh, our reigning champion. Damn right. Justin Valentine. How you doing, sir? Fantastic. You know, and when, even though I knew the news that you were reporting about Erica, you set that up so dramatically in my head. I'm like, what happened to Erica? Is she Okay. <laughs> I knew I knew what was coming, but it's just, you know, is she not coming back to the show? What's going on? 
Uh, no, hopefully Erica is going to be back next week because we do always miss Erica. We do. No doubt about it. All right. We're going to get to the game uh, portion of the show here, I guess. Um, er, uh, you know, Nate's uh, very enthusiastic, not watching professional wrestling as we enter our quiz show about professional wrestling. But the first uh, to go is going to be our reigning champion. And I really do wish that Erica was here because I think there's going to be a big discussion point on this show. And I think that it's going to shape the future of the show in a lot of ways. Okay. Okay. In a lot of ways. Um, all right. Uh, well, because uh, I have notoriously found you to be um, distasteful since the Sunshine Buddies split up, I'm not going to give you the option to choose. Wow. Uh, we're going to go just... straight to midweek meet this week. And, I- I'm uh, glad you're starting with the midweek meet, though. Yeah, I'm going to force, meet, I'm gonna force meet, this meet, question meet. on you. You're forcing uh, the meat on me. I don't know how I feel whoa, about that. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, gee, whoa. Oh my lord. How, how dare that? Whoa, whoa. Calm down. Tossed it up for me. I'm geez, sorry. They're, they're, midweek meet. That's it's. Look, we have a we we have Smack Draw, we have midweek meet, and we also have around the ring, which is also not a double entendre. All right, yes. so keep it clean. Okay. This week saw ADW Justin put on a pay per view quality card in their blood and gut show. Uh, however. Some people were concerned uh, with the, the final match. Uh, how did the titular match between Jericho's inner circle and NJF's pineapple end? Apple. Uh, it, it was actually, I, I like the writing in this. MJF threatened to throw Jericho off the top of the cage uh, and had Guevara and Hager, I believe specifically, uh, surrender, which was one of the ways to win. And that ho- that's how they won the match. And then obviously he continued to do so. That's a point. What did you think of uh, the, so, you know, this is the second big event with a big moment that people are yes. extremely split on. How are you feel about uh, the, 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 the pile of, what was it? The brick of concrete yeah, right. strategically <laughs> next to the ring. Listen, um, I, and I just mentioned it, the writing in this awesome. I loved it. I loved the way that they had, the, the pinnacle win, MJF looks strong, so on and so forth. But like you mentioned, second event with a big ending and they completely flubbed on it. And this was 110% amateur. And this isn't on MJF. It isn't on Jericho. And the people on social media who are saying, what did you want him to actually go through concrete? No, nobody's asking Jericho to actually go through fucking concrete, okay? It's all about how you set it up right? Let's think about any big moment like this, right? Go back to the Undertaker throwing Rikishi off the top of the cage, right? Undertaker throwing Mankind off the cage. What do they always do? Wide shot. Wide shot, yeah? So we can see how high they fall, but you also don't get zoomed in on the fact that, yeah, there's a little cushion where they're landing. No shit. They're not actually trying to kill each other. And then you watch the zoomed-in replay to make sure you can't catch any of the cushion and then if it looks still looks good you show that replay if you don't then you just continue to show the wide shot what do they do with the live shot they went zoomed in so it looked like jericho was landing on a fucking bed and added on to that chris jericho doesn't even sell this thing jericho is seen having a full conversation eyes open with the with the medical team checking on him so this is amateur. These are moments just like with the Moxley, Eddie Kingston, uh, exploding barbed wire, right? 
these are moments that could have taken AEW to the next level. And not only just the fact that it didn't deliver, but why it didn't deliver and how bad they failed on it is why, despite WWE's problem with problems when it comes to the writing, they are so far behind WWE right now. And they have the talent and the platform and the fan base to be much closer, if not over WWE right now. And these moments keep them so far behind. It is so amateur. It's an interesting perspective because one of the stories that have come out is that all the high ups in WWE think that the blood and guts portion of this blood and gut show has basically pulled the, uh, the industry back 30 years. Um, I love a good old fashioned uh, mud show bullshit session. Nate, what do you think about all that? It set the industry back by 30 years by exactly how much they exposed each trick being done. Whether it's blades in hands, obviously being waved in front of the camera, whether it's Chris Jericho taking a leap of faith fall down onto a fucking mattress, uh, or, or whether it's the fart of the exploding ring. This is this is exactly the problem with AEW. And, uh, you know, Justin took the heat off of Chris Jericho, and I'm going to put it right back on him because the minute he got into that match, the pace, the energy of the whole match changed. The two sides split to either side of the cage, and they tried they tried to do a Braveheart moment, which in your head looks great. You think, oh, here's these two sides and they're going to clash. But you forget that there's fucking ropes in the middle. There's two sets of ropes in the middle right there. So they're awkwardly trying to figure out the ropes while hitting each. It was so fucking bad. Chris Jericho ruined this with his fucking self-important spot off the top of the cage. First of all, want to point out, Mankind didn't have a crash pad. That was just onto the announce desk on his hip. Oh, well. And then the second one was right through down to the fucking ring. And no, the counterpoint to this has been so insane because everyone has been like, oh, what did you expect 52-year-old Chris Jericho to do? Actually fall onto the stage? No, no, no one expected that. Also, no one expected Tony Schiavone to say there's a concrete pad like 30 seconds before he crashed down onto a clearly uh, a, a clearly fucking made up mattress. Shout That's out to handsome the, Tony. Dude, it was it's the way that it was sold on commentary. Yeah. It's the way that production decided to use which shots. And Justin was totally right. The most ludicrous thing about this is Jericho sitting there and like opening one eye and, and having a conversation. And like, he's looking at the camera that is currently live. Do they not have red indicator lights for which camera is live? Because that, that, that is such a fucking Bush league mistake when it comes to fucking television production. This is like having a magician and, and, and like zooming in close on their sleight of hand. The, the, the part that you're not supposed to fucking see 
That's the problem. They chose the exact wrong shots. They chose the exact wrong spots. And the worst thing about this is, is that the nine guys in this match worked their fucking asses off and bled like fucking crazy up until like it, 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 it was a great match up until Chris Jericho came in and decided I'm going to be the one that takes all of the focus. By the way, he did none of the work. He looked immediately blown up. And basically the whole thing was just to get him into this one spot. It was dumb. It was bad. I fucking hated it. And it made me uh, uh, not want to watch wrestling ever again. Chuck, with the uh, talk horror show, we've watched a lot of 80s horror movies and yeah. um, professional wrestling high spots can be a lot like a, uh, a horror movie special effect, right? Like if sure. if, it, if you don't see the seams, you all celebrate. That's the kayfabe of a horror movie. If you see the seams, you can either get angry about it or you can have fun with it. And I guess yeah, it sort you- of depends on your mood going into the show and which, you know, the tone of the movie and all those good things. How did you feel? Are you outraged about the end of this show? I'm glad that uh, both Nate and Justin, uh, Justin really nailed the point because we can all agree that the ending to Blood and Guts was, you know, a fart in church. Like it was it was the second time that the ending of something really big did not pay off. But I thought the match was fantastic. I really appreciate this match did exactly what it was supposed to do. And that was cement MJF as top heel in AEW right to him taking my favorite spot was when they were on top of the cage and Jericho puts him in the walls and he turns around and punches Jericho in the taint to break the walls of Jericho, which once again, in 30 years of watching wrestling have never seen somebody turn around and punch somebody in the taint to break a submission hold and like (laughs) fucking perfect, fucking great. And I, I had said uh, when when he threatened to throw Jericho off the cage, it's like, oh, well, he's going. You're not going to you're not going to show me a possibility and not deliver on it. The fact that the way it was delivered, um, I as soon as the show was over, my question, the, the part of this conversation I was not looking forward to is not. Was it bad? It how do you what happened to make it bad and i think justin hit it the nail on the head and that is every time shane mcmahon has fallen off something big it's a wide shot while they scramble in the truck to find the perfect close-up you never even see you never even see where shane lands like like most of the time you do it it's it's far off and then it pans down and you see him basically it looks like he gets absorbed by the crowd yep and that, and then eventually you get that shot of oh Shane crashed through a box that had an air mattress under it, and and you know plywood and like okay well that's that's fine but when you immediately tear away the the scales from the eyes of of you know the thing we're watching isn't real then it's it's really tough to not walk away feeling a little disheartened by it but I gotta say up until the very last you know what the two minutes of the the you know, AEW show, great goddamn show. Sure. Maybe the last three or four minutes, I will say that ending dragged on for a really long time. They sort of, uh, they clearly had tried to cut something to make time work. And then I think overcut because you just had MJF bleeding on top of that thing and cuts yeah. to Jericho back and forth for a seeming eternity. Whereas if it would have just sort of 
cut off, you wouldn't have constantly been reiterated. Like, why is this bad moment still, still. going on? I want to kind of go back to a parallel, Shawnee, that you had drawn in, in into horror movies, because the reaction that someone when someone is making a horror movie, the reaction that they want the crowd to have is generally not laughter, right? Right, right? You generally are trying to elicit a more horrified reaction than giggling and snorting at it, right? So I I think, and, and don't get me wrong, bad horror movies can be great, just like bad wrestling can be great. I just think that no one wants a repeat of TNA. Sure. No one wants AEW to be the the thing that people snicker at. The example of bad wrestling as opposed to the counterpoint of consistently bad television programming and bad wrestling that has come out of the WWE for the last 10 years. And I think that's why people have have latched on to this idea that AEW has to be great. It can't be anything else. It has to be great simply because it is a counterpoint to Vince McMahon. And this is as much TNA electrified cage bullshit as I've seen from the company. And it's really unfortunate that it's moments like the non-exploding ring or Jericho's my pillow crash pad that <laughs> that you know send that send the message home we don't really take this seriously either and that's what i mean that's what's going to doom it to the same fate as as you know mid 2000s tna yeah, they've got to do more with the staging of things, I think, to conceal the crash pads. Um, you, you know, you have Darby Allen, who did some incredible film work with his uh, theatrical, you know, cinematic match. Right. You know, figure out a way to do some things with the staging, raising the floor. You got to do something. I mean, I guess you're sort of trapped in, in one location right now and it, it provides some difficulty. But it's fairly clear, like if you can't pull off a stadium finish at, uh, you know, a large um, arena, you know, not an arena show. Uh, what the fuck? It's you know, it's like a mid-level spot. You're trying to pull off yeah. a, a a large arena uh, spot in a in a mid-sized place. Don't don't keep doing it. Just don't. It's 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 hurting the reputation. Now, I mean, I'm an unabashed fan. I I it, it honestly doesn't bother me. It, I didn't. I don't get upset by it at all. But I can definitely see where it's creating a schism for their potential fans. And if growth is their goal then they're going to have to, um, you know, appease people more than just, you know, people like me who are just uh, freely admitted marks. Right. Their their goal can't be you. It has to be yeah. me because yeah. I'm sitting squarely on the fence. I'm watching. I'm tuning in, but I'm not sold on it. And, right. and uh, you know, there's a couple of performers specifically that I'm pretty sold on. Eddie Kingston, maybe the only one left to be honest with you, because they've bungled so much of the booking of people like Lance Archer and Brian Cage. And, you know, I could just continue to go on down the line. Um, But, you know, it's it's really that investment in the individual that keeps me tuning in. And I've gotten to the point where all they have to do is just one 
egregiously stupid thing. This is a mistake. This is a production mistake. You can learn from this. I'm willing to to give some leeway on that. But their first like egregiously stupid thing, whether it's something somebody says in a promo, whether it's a a spot that is just over the top bad, um, you know, and and the, the you know, the company tries to stand by it. Like I'm I'm like one or two things away from just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm tuning out. I'm done. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to question number two. Uh, Justin here in the midweek meet category. Uh, as we've discussed on recent shows, just a few weeks ago, it looked like Hangman Adam Page was blazing a trail to a championship match against Kenny Omega before his 13 win streak was ended by Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. On AEW Blood and Guts this week, it was announced that we're going to get a match on Dynamite to determine who will actually be facing Kenny. Who is in that match? Orange Cassidy and Pac. That is <laughs> or Pac or Pac whatever, or Pac. yeah, that whatever is they call him that week. But yeah, the look two, on your face is like you just like swallowed a lemon. Yes, two points, two points. Now, um, I'm I love this. I've seen uh, they 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 were in uh, what was it Revolution in 2020, um, one of the mm-hmm. last shows I think because it was in March 30th. Yeah, so it had to have been one of the last live shows in Chicago, and uh, so I'm looking forward to this rematch. Uh, I think that you're uh, if i recall correctly you are annoyed by this i am yes uh and it's nothing to do with listen i i'm not a big orange cassidy fan but i am okay with the fact that the guy is crazy popular fine i am not against pack and Pac, whatever in any way at all great match sure individually do they deserve to be in the world title picture sure this makes zero sense right now right a lot of the writing in AEW has been okay over the last month or so. They have flubbed a lot to the point that it makes absolutely no sense. You are building a story with Moxley and Eddie Kingston against Kenny Omega and his crew. Last week, you were building up the fact that Adam Page is number one and he has his win streak and he has his history with Kenny Omega. You have a big pay-per-view coming up in less than a month and you say, fuck those three stories. We're going to get these two dudes that haven't been in any interaction with Kenny Omega. And how long, right? How long before this past week did we see anything with Kenny Omega and either of these two guys? And for some reason it's between these two dudes, who's going to face Kenny at the main event. Sure. It's, popularity thing you know it's clearly going to be orange cassidy after they should be after what they built last week fine but when it comes to the consistent storytelling it makes zero sense it should have been moxley kingston or both or adam page when it comes to making sense in the story you've been telling us for the last three fucking months that you just threw in the trash in one week no, I think I think they're moving uh moxley and kingston either to other members of whatever this faction is called uh, not Bullet Club, I guess we'll call it. Um, or uh, yeah, because they they just got done with Moxley and uh, Omega. I don't think that they're gonna go back on that again. I don't see a reason to go back on that again. Um, here's the thing: I hope it's not Orange Cassidy because I have no desire to see that match whatsoever. Uh, we've already seen Omega and Pac, and honestly, it was a pretty good that uh, what was it Iron Man match that they had the thirty man Iron Man match uh, yeah. was uh, was pretty damn good. 
So uh, I'd be I'd be much more interested to see that than Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm just I'm I'm over the Orange Cassidy gimmick at this point. Like, it's fine when it's, you know, interrupting promos for mid card guys. Um, but this whole thing that that they think like Cassidy makes ratings and shit like that. I, I don't see it. I, I've never seen it. I, I think that it's a it's a decent gimmick to sort of, again, laugh at. And and again, if that's what you're going for, if you're going for wrestling, you can laugh at it's supposed to be funny, then sure, go for it. I don't think that's the fucking reaction that these guys want, at least not all of them. I, if that's Tony Khan's goal, then fine. Uh, I'm not sure why he would be so upset about things like, uh, you know, uh, Twitter accounts like AEW botches or uh, trying to uh, copyright strike botchamania. You know, that sends a real mixed message. If it's supposed to be funny and we're not taking this shit seriously, then why are you harassing dudes on the Internet who are pointing out just how shitty your product is? It's not supposed to be serious. Who cares? Who cares if if some guy hits slow-mo on one of your shots from your programs? That clearly shows Chris Jericho taking the blade out of his fucking wrist tape. Who cares? Why would you care, Tony? Why are you harassing these people on fucking YouTube? Stop it. I, I, I don't think Tony's listening to us. Well, he should. He's a, you know what? You know what? You never know. You never know. Because if he's out there fucking issuing DMCA takedowns on this shit, you never know. You never know with with someone who has a a ego that fragile. You got to guarantee that they Google themselves on a fucking regular basis. I think Orange Cassidy, greatest professional wrestler of a generation. Go. (laughs) Oh, that's that's a hard point to uh, argue with. But I think that. Um, the way AEW's rankings go is just another example of how I and many of the people on the show don't understand math because if you check their their rankings, apparently um, Orange Cassidy has an eight no record, which puts him at the top, and Pac has a five and zero record, which puts him at, at the uh, second place. Um, but please you know- name the eight matches that Orange Cassidy has had on television this year. You get no points, Chuck. He's not the host. Don't fall for it. <laughs> well, just no, say it. I'm just no. Literally, no one can do that. No, no one. I, can cer- do that. I certainly cannot. They're probably all on AEW Dark or AEW uh, Revolution. I don't know, Shawnee. Does he make regular appearances on Dark? Uh, he does actually make the best friends make quite a few appearances on Dark. And so I, the- I, as a big fan, I could not name who his opponents are. But uh, I smoke a lot of weed and forget a lot of things, which is why I like to be the host. And if those matches on Dark or any of the YouTube shows lead to him getting a shot at Omega while they're telling stories with all these other three big names on the actual show and pay-per-views, that makes absolutely no sense. No, none of this makes any sense. Like, trying to apply logic to this is a stretch. Ernie's going to Karn, folks. Yeah, and I think it's something that we've talked about before, the fact that, like, either... Either the rankings completely matter or they don't matter. And when they completely matter, then it kind of doesn't make sense because we have this story that we've been telling. But then when they don't matter, then we're like, well, then why are you paying attention to them at all? Yeah, just quit lying to me. Tell me that they don't or don't ever mention them ever again. 
Stop Ed- tweeting about them. Just let them drift away. But quit lying to me and telling me that this is the actual win loss record of these fucking people. It's not. Or I've said the- in the past, I think they should open the show with some sort of analysis of the the, the ranking so it does not feel yeah. like a swerve when the number two and three guys, you know, get into the title so- picture. Right. Um, because at least they're telling that story each week of the numbers. Right. Um, well, yeah. But then that would that would mean that they're applying logic and thought to the way that they program their television show, which if you watch it, they're just not. It's one of the worst produced television shows to make sense from beginning to end that I have ever seen. Things just happen for no reason. And nine times out of ten, it's a fucking kidnapping. I don't know why, but like fucking Marco Stunt's been kidnapped. Uh, fucking Tolly Blanchard's been kidnapped. Like, wh- dude, Look. they repeat. They do the same angles on the same episode. One segment removed from each other. It is the worst television program start to finish that I have ever seen. Well, I, strong I words. <laughs> A long unknown uh, caveat when you sign a pr- contract as a professional wrestler is that you cannot pursue in a court of law any kidnapping that happens while you're on job site. So, I said at the beginning of the show, not a funny bunch, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, our <laughs> three point question in the midweek meet Justin, following another yeah. big opener for NXT, Isaiah Swerve Scott won a Falls Count Anywhere match against Leon Ruff, but not without a little help. After the match, Swerve introduced his new faction for one point each. Who was introduced as Swerve's new stablemates? Damn it. That is incorrect. You got five. (laughs) You know, when I watched NXT, A, I only heard one name, and B, I said to myself, remember that name because this is going to be a freaking question. All right, five seconds is up. Who you got? I did no idea. Uh, Omos. Um, Mordecai, Kevin Thorne. Okay, that is incorrect. Big Van Vader. Stop talking. Uh, <laughs> nice try. She just said Big Van Vader. <laughs> got that bonus point. <laughs> hey, can you name any of these uh, these these players in Isaiah's new faction? Uh, Ashante Adonis, uh, Brianna Brandy, and oh God. Something Francis. Um, That's the one I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Is it Black Francis from the Pixies? Uh, it's like Top Dollar Francis or something. It's like nickname is Top Dollar. We'll give you. I, we'll I, give you. It's AJ Francis. I was it's okay. Gonna bounce it to Chuck, but no, it's not. We actually hold Frank on, Black hold went on. by Black Francis on some of the Pixies records. I don't know what to tell you. I know you derailed me. Uh, give me a second here. It's fine. All right, so we give you those three points. Uh, do you do you guys hate uh, anyone hate NXT as much as uh, you seemingly hate AEW right now? Let's just go with that broad question. No it's way. Just, it's just boring. I I I I watched uh, the opening fifteen minutes of NXT, so I'm really glad that I did, or else I wouldn't have gotten those three points. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not interested in what's going on in NXT. I just I can't care anymore. Oh, and by the way. Kyle O'Reilly's like cool guy Kyle now. What is this shit? What is this? What is Poochie. this actually? He's Poochie. He's, he's what, what, <laughs> yeah. He's pretty goddamn close at this point. I mean, and that's just sad. 
Kyle O'Reilly is exactly what Orange Cassidy should have been. Oh, right. He's number one. Yeah, you know, I know, he does seem a little like Orange Cassidy at home. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's, he's Tang Cassidy. <laughs> Tang Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> NXT is the second best show um, of the week in wrestling. SmackDown's probably number one on my, on my radar right wow. now. Wow. Uh, but yeah, NXT is really good. The, the matches are good. The stories are pretty solid right now. The ma- you know Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Leon Ruff put on a great match. That tag team match at the end was great. So yeah, I I enjoy NXT every week. In the NXT title picture now with Finn and Kyle and Karrion Cross and so on and so like you know going Pete Dunn's involved in that. That segment was good. I've, I that was intense. I enjoy NXT every week. Yeah, NXT is the NXT is the bright point of my week of watching wrestling every week. Like the night before we got blood and guts and got that that, you know, kind of shitty ending like the girls fucking brought it for their street fight to, you know, end NXT. And I I thoroughly enjoy my NXT watching in a way that I don't enjoy almost any of the other shows. Not to say that I don't enjoy the other shows, but NXT is always a delight to me. That's your jam right now. Yeah. All right. I, I will say I like uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott as a heel. I think uh, I think that that's a, a little bit more in his wheelhouse than smiling baby face. And I'm also glad that they changed um, uh, uh, Shantae, uh, uh What is it? Um, Adonis. Yeah. Adonis. Yeah. From Tahuti Miles, which was his old name. Tahuti there was Miles. <laughs> There was no way you're getting over being named to Hootie Miles. Hootie. Just not. There's <laughs> no way. You're going to you're going to get Hootie and the Blowfish references and you know, like that's just that's not happening. So Ashante Adonis is is much better. All right. I agree. I agree. So after one round, we've got uh, JV, you got 3 points, Nate has 2, Chuck, you have no points. I have 3. Thank you. Yeah, Nate Nate got that last question. Yes, he does. He has three. I apologize, three, three. Nate. Apologize. Don't worry. I'm keeping score over here. I'll be I got a you. Craftier when I'm trying to shave points in the future. <laughs> All right, Chuck. So that leaves you uh, with the opportunity to open the next category. I will allow you to pick between um, between Smack Raw and Around the Ring, which also is not a double entendre. Uh, you know what? For as hard as it was to get through Raw, I'm still going to pick Smack Raw because I probably stand a better chance of getting points out of it than I do around the ring. Right. All right. Let me see here. Let's pull up Smack Raw. I tried yeah. to watch Raw three times this week and fell asleep every single time. Yeah, Raw was goddamn abysmal. Well, uh, on the bright side, we're starting with SmackDown, uh, Chuck, oh, where we saw the return of Jimmy Uso in a story that is a good story beat, right? It took over most of the show. I think that it was a lot of drama. You thought it might be going one way and then moved to the other. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, but to accommodate this, two of our favorites who had pre-recorded material had that cut for one point. Name one of them. Ooh, I did not read this. Hmm. Two of our favorites, too. I'm going to say uh, Dick Togo and Big Van Vader. Mm. No, I'm sorry. That is not correct. <sighs> I that thought the context correct. clues would give it away. Some bitch. All right. Um, I, Nate, we're going to ping pong over to you. Can you name one of those two for a point? By the time SmackDown came, I was just not. I was not having it. It I was, was done. done. <laughs> I was done. I'm glad to see Jimmy back, though. Like yeah. for just 
no other reason than I can be confused about which Uso is which again. <laughs> I immediately, I immediately didn't know which one was which. Justin Valentine, can you yeah. name? Uh, is one of them Alistair Black? It is. Thank you. Ah. Thank you. You get a point. Uh, for a bonus yeah. point, can you name the other one? One of our favorites, pre-recorded. Um... Supposed to be making a debut. Debut. I can't. Uh, I, is it Bray Wyatt? Nah, Mia no. Yim. Mia Yim was going to make oh, her, her debut. Damn it. Um, oh, damn. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, that, that would have been fun. But, yeah. um, you know, people are making a big deal out of this. Uh, I think really we have to wait till see this week. If like, once again, those are delayed or or pulled from the show, then I would I would really be concerned. Um if I was Alistair Black, I'd be furious. <laughs> right? yes. Well, yeah. especially his segments don't take a lot of time. So it's like the fact that it, for whatever reason, it, that got cut. Like Mia Yim's debut probably would have been a full match, so on and so forth. But like Alistair Black's just what, a, a minute and a half, two minutes of a segment and you, you still got cut? Right. right. Yeah. You could have cut the highlight package that literally had the caption moments ago. If it says <laughs> moments ago on your highlights package, it's you an unnecessary it. highlights package. Yeah, you don't true. know how to highlights package. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, I love Jim, I love Jimmy Uso being back, by the way. I'm with Nate. Um, I love this story. I mean, it just makes the best storyline in WWE that much better. Um, and everybody, the whole, like you said, it went throughout the whole show, all the segments, Romans with like his reactions to Jimmy's, you know, fight back, but then Cesaro taking out all three, like everything about this is written so beautifully. You got it Seth is, Rollins in the angle where he's kind of a brat and he's yes. kind of giving the finger to, to Roman, which and you know, makes him very Roman interesting. And Seth like face to face backstage. That's your SummerSlam main event. Uh, although I don't, I still, and I said this before, I don't hate Seth being involved in this faction for a little bit before we get to that main event, just to see heel Roman and heel Seth kind of leading a faction with Paul Heyman and the Usos backing them up. I just love that thought too. But I mean, there's so many, and that's, what's great about this. There's so many possibilities, right? There's so many different things you can go with it. That would be great. And that's what makes a storyline that good because you don't know where the hell they're going to go with it next, but you know, it's going to be great. Am I am I crazy or does this faction feel like it needs one more person? Like if you think back to like DX, you had Sean trips and then you had the New Age Outlaws, right? right. Or you had trips and X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws, whichever incarnation you want to you want to take. But it to me, it feels like there needs to be one more member of the Anawahi family to to kind of come in and and uh rule the mid card and then you've got a seriously dominant faction there and uh you know I, I don't think that uh the WWE's handling of factions recently have been um my favorite uh I think that they really bungled uh the hurt business and in the what four weeks since they've split up that that crew, um, there has been nothing to justify the split. There's been no storyline or story beat to make you go, oh, okay, this is okay. Now it's getting interesting. It's just been Shelton and um, Cedric just exploding. And who cares? They're not the mega powers. Uh, they were the flunkies out of the hurt business. And so, yeah, I, I, I uh hope that they continue the strong booking i understand that 
Paul Heyman has at least some sort of creative influence over this storyline. Uh, and he, in general, uh, does uh, some some good and uh, an interesting storytelling, um, even if you didn't like his tenure as the uh, the the raw, you know, the head of raw creative. Um, I, I still think that he is uh, showing here that uh, he can still put together some uh, some pretty great storylines. So, um, yeah, I, I want to see who the next person to, to join the faction is. I hope it's someone that they bring in uh, that's new uh, and exciting. Uh, I've also heard, you know, Nia Jax possibly could join the faction. I think that's a really, really, really dumb fucking move. Um, technically, she is a part of that family, but still like, no, um, you don't want to draw attention to that. The only reason that she has a job there is because she's the rock's cousin. Um, let's not draw more attention to that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that this is a, an interesting storyline and uh, excited for for Jimmy to be back. It sucks for Alistair Black and uh, Mia Yim. I'm a little bit more concerned for Mia than I am for Alistair. But, uh, you know, it's WWE. They they have bungled some of the best. All right. All right, Justin, I think you have control of the board. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you an option here. Would you rather have Raw or SmackDown for this question? Oh, wow. Um, I, I got to say Raw just because we talked about SmackDown. Good Lord, so I was going to give you a wrong answer just because you took more than five seconds to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> just really rub that back in my face. All right. You said Never make that take, mistake again. Uh, gonna, oh, just, did, did you say you're going to take Raw? I blanked out. Yeah, no, he said Raw. Okay. So Sheamus's U.S. title run continues to shine a spotlight on young talent, yeah. introducing this NXT call-up to the Raw audience. How's his name? Um, <laughs> How do you not know this? <laughs> I know his name. I can't think of it. I can picture him. Two, uh, Saudi Arabia. One. Uh, oh, Saudi Arabia is not correct, <laughs> no. sir. His name is Saudi Arabia. Chuck, <laughs> your chance to steal the question. Oh, we talk about him all the time in Super Universe mode. It's Mansoor. Too that sweet is... to Mansoor. Yes. For two oh, points. Do you like that they're introducing young oh. talent? Now we've got uh, Dale Gas and Mansoor <laughs> mixed up with that U.S. title. It is interesting that it's like the anti-John Cena open challenge. Like Sheamus is just going to beat up guys who are smaller than him until somebody gets a lucky victory over him. And that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know, because we, we talk every week about the fact that like there are people on the roster that we have not seen in weeks, if not months. And now you're going to give us new talent. Like I'm starting to get the impression that, instead of calling everyone to TV like they've done over the years and then using who they're going to use and everyone else just gets to hang out and catering that now they're literally going, all right, we don't need Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan for until like, you know, May or June. So they can just, you know, stay home and collect their, the paycheck for that. Cause I don't know how the pay structure works. I would imagine you get paid more if they're you're used on television and they're just, you know, you can start to count, you know, under 10 people used on any given show. And I, I don't know if, once again, I don't know if that's some budget cut shit or if it's just the way they're writing the, the shows now. Yeah. But it's also very weird to see. Like, yeah, it's enough, cool. Bodell is still at catering despite having been cut. Turns yeah, out he just, likes the cold cuts. 
He doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work there anymore, but boy, he keeps showing up and nobody questions it. Can I just um, eat? <laughs> he's Liv Morgan's ride. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and so he just was... sticks around. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? Didn't they fire you? Yeah, just like. Yeah, yeah. no, Liv, Liv, can't, Liv can't drive. It's a little known fact. Liv does not have a driver's license. That's so right. Bo Dallas has to drive her to work. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. I don't know why Chuck's allegedly. throwing shade. I'm, I'm not throwing you. I'm not saying it's a bad hey, thing. The evidence is there. If you've ever seen on uh, the Riot Squad's Twitter, I've never seen Liv Morgan driving. I've seen Ruby Riot drive. I've seen Sarah Logan drive, but I've never seen Liv Morgan drive. They did a ride along a few years ago, and it was a well-known uh, story between the three of them that Liv is not allowed behind the wheel. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Chuck, what you said is 100 percent valid when it comes to some of the people we haven't seen on TV. But it was a, it, it's still nice to get somewhat of a change on, especially on Raw. Like Raw is obviously still bad. It's still three hours, which as long as it's three hours, it's probably going to be some form of bad. But it is nice to see something different, not just Humberto Carrillo coming out every single week and that's it. Right. Um, uh, and I do like Seamus's vibe of the open challenge. It's not for my title. It's going to be against someone smaller. I'm going to beat the hell out of him before uh, like the match even begins kind of thing. Cause if they do it right, which it's raw. So you never know uh, it, it'll lead to a, a big debut or return coming out to accept the open challenge one time and lead to a title match, you know, at a pay-per-view or whatever it may be. So here's I a, didn't here, hate this. Here's the thing too, not to cut you off, Justin, but oh, something yeah. that just occurred to me is that we just got done talking about how much we love the Usos and, and Roman Reigns story on SmackDown. And even though it ate up like, four to five you know segments essentially four to five little spots in the show like we were all super into it did anybody appreciate bobby lashley and mvp taking up like 45 minutes oh, of raw thank you throughout thank that you. show I, Absolutely I, not. I tweeted this after right out why did mvp get interviewed seven times about right. the same thing seven times asking him how does he feel about the main event tonight like why? Why are we? What? Because Raw is awful. That's so <laughs> that's, bad. That's the only explanation. That's so bad. Yep. Uh, I yeah. I I honestly can't explain this show at all. It is the worst produced wrestling show. I mean, like not from a production standpoint. <laughs> this is the second time you're saying this. <laughs> They're all the worst produced wrestling show. No, uh, not from a production standpoint. <laughs> AEW. No, I was shut the fuck up. I was clarifying myself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's walking back. He's got it. I see what he's Fuck's saying. sake. God. <laughs> wrestling damn. is the worst so, show so ever. You're so anxious to get a fucking dunk in on someone that you can't let themselves clarify in the same fucking thought. Shut the fuck up. My God, it is not the worst produced. It is the worst written and worst booked show yes, on television. Uh, it is it, 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 AEW takes the cake for the worst produced. Okay. Yeah. Raw is just three fucking hours of perfectly produced television that is rotten to the fucking core. It sucks. It's horrible. I, I have no idea why any of us watch it. I, I, the fact that you picked up that. MVP was interviewed seven times. I, I, I can't, I can't at some point it all just turns into meaningless visual garbage and I can't, I can't give it my attention. You have to think at, you have to think at some point in the history of Monday night raw, somebody has been handed a bunch of papers that are crumpled up and scribbled on and crayon. And they're like, here's the script for tonight. 
<laughs> I mean, that is what it feels like. Like, yeah. it, I mean, we've heard that the show keeps getting rewritten at the last minute over right. and over and over again. It, but that can't be it. That can't be the only factor that makes Raw as dismal as it is, right? There has to be some other extenuating factor. And I think that that is just simply Vince McMahon. It is the fact that Vince McMahon is still making the bulk of the decisions uh, for this show, and he clearly shouldn't be. He is an old, out-of-touch, possibly senile possibly uh you know has dementia old man and it just needs to stop it, it, he needs to stop booking this he needs to just let triple h do it i'm actually starting to wonder if bruce pritchard's strength is in doing his podcast and painting a picture of things that had happened throughout history and not so much in actually booking a wrestling show anymore oh, yeah. You're starting to think that I'm really starting to think <laughs> that like this can't all be just now, top, right? Yeah, just now. this is just, just now your thought. This is like there's got to be people. <laughs> the along the, gone. Along I don't think Bruce Pritchard's that good. That like, well, I don't I don't know. If you're very good at your job either. Here's here's the thing. I, I just think Bruce Pritchard does what Vince McMahon wants. That's it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you well, know, I, like. Anyone who can't do what Vince McMahon wants gets fired. And Bruce Pritchard has been there for a goddamn eternity. I yeah. firmly believe the, that Bruce Pritchard draws a paycheck now because he did the first season of Dark Side of the Ring. And they went, no, 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 no. That guy cannot be allowed to tell people where the bodies are buried. Do you, do you honestly think that he knows where enough bodies are buried to cause problems for uh, WWE? No, but I think it's I think it's enough to see that he could say the wrong thing. And they're like, I mean, all right, we'll we'll give him a paycheck just to make sure that they can't have access to him anymore. But I mean, even when well, first of all, he is still doing that show regardless. But even when he wasn't with WWE, he still towed the company line like what? Oh, sure. What, you know, what shoot interview has he given that has made the WWE look really bad? No, I agree. But also, like, as, as a listener of his podcast, there's been a notable difference in the last year or two between when he didn't work there and what he was willing to talk about. And now that he works there, what he's not willing to talk about. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always going to change because you want to CYA. But, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't think he I don't think he has enough of that information. Right. Right. Like, I don't think, uh, you know. You let him you let him go on a dark side of the uh, of the ring. He's going to be able to tell you time and place where Vince McMahon was able to get, um, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Snuka out of trouble. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I don't think he he has that quite that information. But, you know, like some of his story, like that's the thing. Most of the stories that I've heard from Pritchard are just, you know, haha, they're funny. They're kind of right. entertaining. They're not damning. They're not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it, it's nothing that's like hugely scandalous, going to get you fired today sort of shit. But they're kind of like, eh, eh, you know, like, so I don't know. I, I Bruce Pritchard just uh, it, it has to be praised for nothing else than for just continuing his existence at that company. That's fair. All right. Who, so, Chuck, you have control of the board now, right? Yeah. All right. So there was I've already doubled my points. Mas, nicely done, sir. Nicely done. <laughs> 
You do have two points. Uh, there was a Smaz Fest of a tag team match on SmackDown with the men. Um, thought there were the 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 series of high spots to end the match. I thought was good. Uh, the setup and the ending. I did thought not so much. How did that match end? Did it end with the Undertaker player? <laughs> no, yeah, oh, no, did no, not. Please. I, I will give you a point for that because <laughs> so ridiculously desperate. Uh, so you've tripled your points. Yeah. But, uh, Nate, do you know how the tag team match on SmackDown ended? I don't know. Did did Ray and Son end up winning somehow? I don't fucking care. No, I'm afraid that is not how it ended. Justin, <laughs> do you know how this? What is going on? Their Justin, panelists have not Justin's watched the liquor wrestling this week. They're just <laughs> just so angry by AEW. They showed Look, up. Teddy Long yeah. came out. Belly and did no the two spots I wanted, and I was done. I was like, all right, cool. Ten minutes. Teddy Long can go away. I mean, who who was ends. who was particularly excited to watch retro SmackDown this week? That Listen. had that had the sweaty stink of desperation all over it, and made me go, "Yeah, I don't think I, I don't, um, well, I'm not doing this." Out. First Before of all, on, did, do you have the answer to this question, Justin? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, gosh, I remember the match. I remember you got five, um, three. I can't. Remember so no, no, no I don't. all right. You're throwing me uh, off. By Baron tagged himself in and uh, got uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's pinned right, Shinsuke. Baron. That's that's why I forgot. Yeah, no one kicks out of the end of days. Um, <laughs> What uh, uh, do we really want to dag on WWE anymore? Are we ready to move on with this with our lives here? Retro SmackDown was just oh, yes, didn't yes. even try. I, it was a part of a retro weekend on Fox, wasn't it? Yes. So that's why it was yeah. so confusing and why people didn't know about it. They just jumped on some bigger bandwagon and sure. And that's fine. We asked for the days. virtual fist, and boy, did we get it, boys! Yeah, what the hell? Like that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's fine that they just you know because it's retro weekend on Fox, whatever. But like, you could have given us like the actual stage. Like, is the stage? Nope. Why have a stage? Why have a stage crew? Right. If we've got like, if we've if got fucking lazy AR cop, if we got 3D AR technology, then why pull the giant right. fist out? And then all we did was have Teddy Long come in and you know book two matches. I, I'm sick of seeing Teddy Long and saying the two things that he I does. would watch six, Teddy Long every week, just like no, I watch our yep, six every man week. tag yep. and Undertaker. Put like, me a no, tag I can't team match, it. then put somebody in a match with the Undertaker and have somebody remind him that no, we, yeah. we can't it was do laziness. That. It was, it was lazy. King, they didn't I'd even try. rather hear about King Booker than watch King Corbin. Right. They didn't even try. All right. All right. So at the end of two rounds, uh, Justin, you have four points. Chuck and Nate are tied at three. It is a very close game. Chuck, if I'm not mistaken, you have started around, whereas Nate has not. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. So we're going to go to around the ring, which is not a double entendre. And for the one point question, Nate, surprise free agent. Who did we learn had their contract expire after a recent main event on SmackDown? That would be Brian Danielson. That is correct, sir. For one point, Daniel Bryan, free agent. Let's uh, let's not go for 45 minutes on this. Everybody, anybody, this is not targeted at you, Nate. We're in the third round. What do you all think? Let's give some brief thoughts on Daniel Bryan, perhaps hitting the free agent market. If you believe this, you, you sir, are getting worked. Like, th- there's no way. There's no way what that unless... Mark. That unless Daniel Bryan himself is saying like, okay, I want to sunset my career and I want to do that at the Tokyo Dome or I want to have a classic with, uh, you know, uh, Moxley or Omega. I I just there's I don't see it. I do not see it. Um, You know, 
uh, if the I think that the only thing that gives this even a little bit of credibility is that Daniel Bryan actually does love to wrestle. And uh, it seems like if you love to wrestle, the last place that you would want to be is WWE. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I personally think that this is WWE working the Internet marks um, and because I just I don't. I don't I don't see WWE uh, being dumb enough to let him go. I think, uh, you know, I think what one part that makes this not realistic that he goes anywhere else is the fact that how that they built up his loss to Roman was you leave SmackDown. It wasn't WWE is what you leave SmackDown. So everyone's assuming at some point he's showing up on Raw, whether it's after the pay-per-view to go after whoever the champion is or whatever it may be. If that's not the case, I think he's just, you know what? I'm going to go home and be a dad and a husband, right? Like I had my comeback. I had, you know, a couple really good matches. I main evented WrestleMania. I'm good, you know, and now I'm older. I've already, you know, I've already got seriously hurt. TNA makes er, TNA impact wrestling makes no sense. Uh, AEW has way too much. We say that all the time. So no, if he's not going to raw, he's going home for now, at least. I think you're underestimating the drawing power to Daniel Bryan of getting to wrestle Rhino and Brian Myers. Once again, Jesus. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm on board with you guys. Like, Daniel Bryan is uh, he's still got that carny blood in him and I'm sure him and the WWE are having a field day watching all the internet uh, wrestling community trying to figure out where Daniel Bryan's going to land when uh, you know when he when he feels like it because he does love to wrestle he'll be back on Raw or possibly even NXT but he's not leaving the WWE umbrella right we are in, I don't think it's going to happen with Daniel Bryan. I do agree, but we are entering an interesting world where, you know, you could, for example, if you had uh, just headlined at AEW, just a headline match, Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. Sure. They're not under contract. It's just a spectacle match. And by doing that, you could sort of set the stage for CM Punk to come in for, uh, for a one shot, big money show. I think, oh the- yeah have to be selling tickets for that kind of thing to happen but i think it's something we may see in the future and you also got yeah, we saw um on on retro smackdown one thing i thought was interesting is they showed the ring collapse with bork and big show right where paul white just signed with aew so that's an interesting little tidbit right like they may be able to they, they may be willing at some point to start looking at aew as a place to put the the guys they're done with for now yeah try to build some kind of a reputation that they can then drag over and say oh this was the guy who was the champion over at you know old small fries over there let's see what he's got against roman reigns kind of thing you know that's pretty interesting because that's exactly what they did with drew mcintyre that is literally exactly what they did with drew mcintyre and when they came back they were they they made that a part of his story he went away. He was sent to, you know, Vince McMahon fired him personally. He went to other companies, became a champion, and now he's back here to become a champion. And that was a really compelling storyline. When yep. he came back for NXT, it was really good. Yep. Uh, when he got called up to the main roster and paired with Dolph Ziggler, it was less good. But when they got him to his singles run, they brought that element back. Uh, Drew McIntyre is like one of the very few examples of fairly decent storytelling from the WWE in the last five years. And I think that that's a really interesting observation. They could go that way. 
you're absolutely right. They could. I see one very big pair of shoes stopping it from going more in that direction. And the direction that I'm talking about is acknowledging wrestling companies outside of the WWE in a formal capacity. Um, and obviously those two shoes belong to Vince McMahon. Agreed. It, it is going to be interesting. Um, and of course it's one of those things where every little, you know, one little clip of Bork and big show. And I'm, you know, like, whoa, 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 this seems like a big deal. Sure. Is it really perhaps? Well, not? And they had JR's voice all over SmackDown this week. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Cause yeah. JR had felt a little bit snubbed. So that's at least a nice thing. The AEW making or WWE rather making up for uh, sending women their their stuff and trash stuff bags, and garbage bags. <laughs> like, oh, maybe yeah. maybe we should show a little bit of respect to the people who have helped build this billion dollar empire. Jesus. All right, uh, Nate. Qu- question: Just oh, uh, just one thing I want to note on that. Had that been Brian Myers that got his shit sent to him in a trash bag, even after getting just fired, do you think that the reaction would have been the same? Brian you know, Myers had it been clean now, had it been, <laughs> had it been Zach, had it been fucking Zach no. Ryder? No, you I, know, like I, I just, I, I think the the fact that it was specifically Mickey James was she, like that she, was that was the death nail for that whole thing. Right? She she is a very she was a very specific person to be able to shed light on that in a way, and I I think it's beneficial. Um, I don't think I it's, agree. I, you know, I I think that I I listened to her interview um with Renee Young on on Renee's podcast. And normally I wouldn't, but that sort of, I really enjoyed it. I I enjoyed hearing Mickey James because she has a foot in, you know, her husband is uh, the, the title holder in NWA and has been for a long time. She has a foot in wrestling outside of the WWE and um, and it was a pretty interesting discussion. And and she basically said, hey, look, I, I, I was being sarcastic. I was being kind of a brat about it, but I'm glad that they, they did everything everything right that you could have after having a spotlight shown on that action. Sure. And hopefully it helps because that kind of behavior, I I don't care so much that Mickey James got other people's stuff sent to her in a trash bag, you know, which is sort of how it goes. Like a lot of it wasn't even her stuff, but for the, for the, for the grunts, right. For the, for the meat and potato workers of the company. Sure. You got to get all of that crap out of there. It's, it's, it's like a smaller version of the JBL stuff, right? It's just things that don't happen at companies that aren't run by bullies and psychopaths. And right. it's taking a long time to filter that out of the WWE. And as long as Vince McMahon's there, I think the filter is going to have to keep working. Well, and I think with, you know, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers, those two, those two guys spend their lives just taking shots at WWE. That's all they do. You know, every, every chance Zach Ryder I mean, now, gets now. Right. But I mean, Ever like, no, but I'm saying coke, like, like a month they after they got released, they weren't, they weren't doing uh shoot right. interviews just yet. In fact, yeah, fucking, even tweets fucking, who like was that. it? Uh, Zach Ryder had popped back up on, on raw. In fact, so like they hadn't started the bad blood or was it Brian Myers? I forget. It was whichever one of them was in three MB. Um, But yeah, like I, 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 I like, I just think that it was Mickey James was in a very specific position, given who she is to shine a light on that kind of behavior and have it taken seriously. Cause I just, I just don't think anyone would have reacted if, even if it was Samoa Joe, if he was like, look how they sent me my shit, everyone would have been like, yeah, that's stupid. And then they would have moved on. 
So sure. it just, you know, uh, good on Mickey James for for taking a moment to, to actually do that. One thousand percent. Shout out to Mickey James. All right, Nate. In July, AEW is returning to touring with three dates set in these two states. Oh, uh, Texas and Florida. That is correct for two points. So that's Miami, Dallas, and I forget the third Texas city that was Austin. in there. It was Austin. Okay, yeah. I think. That sounds correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wrote down the literal cities, which are sort of like the smaller towns outside of the major towns. So I don't even really uh, know the answer. Uh, I have Miami, Garland, and Cedar Park, which I could not pick out on a map. But I think you're <laughs> right. I think it is Dallas and Austin. Yeah. Um, so I think this ties into why um, Orange Cassidy is being set to face uh, Kenny Omega. I think that Orange Cassidy is a draw, and I think that we're going to see that once the touring shows start up, and I think that they're positioning him to sell t-shirts when they are on the road. Yeah. I mean, Nate hates him, I hate him, but I can't argue with the fact that people love him. He's popular. I get it. Then we'll find out, it. you know, maybe the maybe his introduction was the bar for t-shirt sales, and they're going to find out that you can only sell so many of the exact same t-shirt or... You know, who knows if his character is going to evolve or what? I'm here for it. I want to clarify. I don't hate him. I get him. I get it. I've gotten it since the first time I saw him. Oh, okay. He's the drunk samurai that when you challenge him, he can actually go. I right. get it. I fucking get it. The problem <laughs> is, is that the character hasn't changed an iota outside of uh, taking Jericho down in a promo. That's the only thing that has been added to his character. Oh, he can talk every once in a while. Everything else is just silently thumbs up. And it's like, okay, all right, I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't need to see it anymore unless it's something different. It's, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like my problem with it is overexposure and it did no favors to keep putting him on television during the COVID era when he couldn't sell tickets. I don't know that he sells tickets. I will say that he sells merch for sure, but he, I don't know that he would sell tickets. I don't know that a match with him sells tickets so much as an appearance by him, you know, pops the fans or makes somebody buy a t-shirt. His capacity is not best in the ring. His capacity is in a sort of auxiliary supporting role. Every once in a while in the ring to sort of accentuate the point, get drive home the gimmick, he can go when he wants to. But why are we seeing him in so many matches? Why is he at the top of the card? Why is he fighting for a title shot? That is, I think, the exact wrong way to use not just this guy, because I think as a wrestler, he's probably pretty OK, right? Like if he can do this gimmick and go, it means that he probably can go. Right. So why are we overexposing this character so that in six months to a year, everyone will be like, oh, look at that stupid Orange Cassidy shirt that's still fucking, you know, hanging around in my goddamn closet. You know, that's, I think, the risk that you run by continually overexposing him and putting him in places where he just logically doesn't belong. He's a uh, face MJF and he's the uh, best professional wrestler of his generation. 
All right, man, I've got a three-point question for you. This is going to be a tough one. I hope you're ready for it. Oh, man. After a multi-week tournament to determine the contenders, One Fall Show Super Universe over on Limit Break Radio channel on Twitch TV crowned a new NXT champion. Who was that NXT champion? No, oh, it was Dave Mastiff. Dave Mastiff <laughs> with a singing grin for three points. How excited are you to see Dave Mastiff on top of the NXT division on Super Universe, Nate? I have never wanted to restart a match more after it ended. And mostly, mostly that was just because the match was shit. And, was. and we did all of this work, you know, like doing this tournament to, to, to deliver a completely shitty subpar match. I didn't care about the, the outcome. The outcome was going to be whatever it was. Uh, just the fact that, you know, there wasn't a single ladder bump. There was nothing interesting <laughs> happened. Dave Mastiff's fat ass went to the top of the fucking ladder. No one could get him off because he's so huge and he won. That's the story that we told, unfortunately. So I I, I don't fucking know. I love by, a shitty and grin. Chuck, Chuck, what do you think about Dave Mastiff at the top of NXT and Super Universe? By the time you hear this podcast, hopefully, hopefully this week, we'll have this episode up on our YouTube channel so you can go and watch it because uh, the, the match is shit. Uh, but our reactions to it, myself and Will cackling madly and Nate is just flabbergasted at how the computer has fucked us after four weeks of setting up this uh, thing, basically because I wanted to get rid of Velveteen dream and he was the NXT champion in our super universe. And I was like, well, what if we just do a, t a tournament for the title and get rid of him? And Nate agreed and it was really it. fun up and until this great. last match. It was great. I don't know if the game actually has the physics so that if a big guy is on a ladder, a small guy can't move the ladder, but that's what happened. Yes, exactly. In Grab fact, that if if you are heavy, if your character is heavy enough, you actually need two people on the side of it to push the ladder over. Johnny Gargano grabbed the ladder and could not move it. And the AI was not smart enough to put a second person on that side of the ladder to move the ladder or put somebody up the ladder to stop Dave Mastiff. And Dave <laughs> Mastiff just pulled the pulled the title down. And that was and and we had bumped up the AI. So I, the I didn't the, know. If, the mini game that's happening as as Dave Mastiff is trying to pull the, the belt down, he's succeeding that at that at a higher rate than you normally would. So that, that's what made me worry is I was like, oh, shit, he's been up there for a really long time. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was like Gargano just gave up. And I was like, all right, fine. I guess I do, too. All so, right. So with, with all due respect, you guys are taking up all the time. Uh, Justin, all right. what did you think of uh, Dave Mastiff? Taking the NXT. I, listen, the a the fact that we actually get a whole segment talking. I'm surprised this is the first time we've done this because of how much we complain about the actual wrestling on TV week in and week out. Why the hell is it this not its own category where we could just <laughs> answer questions and just analyze the fuck out of this? Like that. It is booked. I will say it is booked much better than actual wrestling. Oh yeah, that's yeah. The I'm two saying. hours. The two. If anybody spends two hours watching our super universe mode, you're getting way more entertainment than you are in three hours of Monday Night Raw. That's what absolutely. I'm Saturdays at four p.m. on Twitch TV. Yep. Uh, Limit Break Radio. Plug it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and if you're if you're wondering, if you are listening to this and you're like, what the fuck are these guys? actually? <laughs> Dave Mastiff won a match. What? 
what this is, is it is a heavily modified uh, WWE 2K19. And uh, we set the computer up in interesting matches that then Chuck, Will, and I uh, call the action for. So if you want to see uh, some uh, some some fun digital wrestling, uh, 4 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio or the One Fall or One Fall Show, not the One Fall Show, One Fall Show on YouTube to find uh, our uh, our back episodes. Yeah, I sit in the chat room and gamble uh, channel points. It's a lot of fun throwing non sequiturs. It's a good time. It's good stuff. All right. After three rounds, Nate is where we are used to having him on top of the board with nine points. Justin Valentine, you have four points. And Chuck, you have three, which is three times the number of points that you scored last week. Big three. But we are going into final fall. And as usual, the final fall is set to be the kingmaker, as it is anybody's game. <laughs> anybody's game. Yes. Are we ready? Are we ready? This is a, this is a, we have a category where I'm going to have to have you guys send me. Does everyone have access to their phone at the moment? Uh, yeah. So just, uh, you can send me a, um, a, 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 a PM with the answer. Private message. Yes. Over on. Is that what that means? I was confused. Thank you, Chuck. Now I know where I'm going. And, uh, I am. It's not a, it's not a penis movie. Justin, it's a <laughs> private message. I was hoping that's what it was. No, it's not at all. All right. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> you said we weren't funny. All right. And we still aren't. So, um, Backlash. This year, it's the what is it called? The uh, WrestleMania Backlash. I, yes. geez, I, how how much are they dragging it? This this coming week on WrestleMania Backlash. <laughs> Even their own uh, yeah. announcers are, are like, yes. "This is terrible." <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, all right. Thanks WWE. Thanks WWE. So, um, uh, originally, Backlash started in 1999, which I think was before Justin was born. So it can't be. No, illegal. I was three. <laughs> Oh, you were three. I was oh, okay. three. All right. You've been alive for three years. Well, it was the pay per view that followed uh, that followed WrestleMania until uh, 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Then it disappeared and uh, came back in 2016. And um, well, it's been that it was a kind of interesting card looking back at it. Uh, but what I'm most in, uh, curious about is, can you all name the three English? language announcers of backlash when it returned in 2016 for five points each the three english speaking announcers please send that to me as quickly as possible oh my gosh because uh Oh because God. I don't have an interlude. Oh, I can do like that what y'all do on the uh right. Yeah, whenever the thanks for not joining in. Answer the question. English speaking announcers. Three of them. Who's at the announce desk, fool? Wow. Okay. So, like, one of these I know for sure, and the other two are, are like guesses against each other. I'm, uh, God, I have no faith in this. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking too much. I don't know. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I think I know one. I just want to say while, while they're sending in their answers, once again, how awesome that NXT street fight was with the indie, indie. Blackwell and uh, Shotzi, Shotzi, thank you, Andy Hartwell, Shotzi Blackheart, um, Ember Moon, and um, 
uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, those girls put it all on. And there were some spots in there that were, uh, they were obviously planned out, but I don't know that they understood exactly how much it was going to hurt when they did it. I also really appreciated at one point uh, Shotzi uh, landed on, I believe, Indy Hartwell on the announce table and the ref came over to check on her and you could see her kind of nod her head a little bit while selling, getting the wind knocked out of her from falling onto that table. Yeah, that whole match was great. I love the storyline too. I love good stuff. Indy Hartwell's good. I wish I could get to it. Like I get I get 20 minutes into NXT and I'm like, I you know what I'm going to. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I felt I, that was my experience with Raw this week. It's just like, oh, there's more show. I just want to see Alexa Bliss or The Fiend or do right. their thing. And then that's a thing that uh, I, I started to think about, too, with the Alexa Bliss thing. I mean, are, do you have your answer yet, Nate? Yeah, I, I have do. all my answers here. I'm just okay, then, wrap then, it up, Chuck. Jeez, yeah, no, it's all good. Let's, let's finish the show. <laughs> I was just buying time so everyone could get their answers in. Moses <laughs> coming down from the mountain. <laughs> Well, I had three tablets, now I have two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I've got the three answers here. I'm going to start with you, Chuck, as we uh, go through who the English-speaking announcers were. And um, 20- I, I do resemble Charlton Heston. The Tim Phillips? Nope. Uh, Corey Graves? Nope. And Michael Cole? Thankfully, nope. That's oh! zero points, Chuck. What? Zero yeah. points, which means you're going to end this week with three points. Three times as many as last week. Three times job, as many as last week. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I overachieved. All right. You're next going to go to uh, Nate Bender, who suggested uh, JBL, Mauro, um, Ranello, and Coach. I'm that pretty is- confident on JBL because I fucking hate him. So <laughs> he's <laughs> right, when he's right in that wheelhouse. He sticks out. He sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. You got two out of three for a total of oh, 10 cool. points. What was the other one? Uh, the other one is David Otunga. David uh, Otunga. Oh, wow. So wow. Our previous yeah, there was no way I was getting that. Knows where this is going here. He had Byron Saxton, Mauro Nello, and JBL for two out of three, which gives you 10 points, putting you squarely in second. Nate, you have won the game once again. How do you feel? Um, I, I, You know what? I don't feel that great. And I'm going to tell you why, Shawnee, because I just opened my Twitter machine and I saw from five minutes ago, Wrestle Talk, Velveteen Dream reportedly backstage at Raw. Ooh. Wow. Get ready for that tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do that. Have fun. Same roster as Riddle. I'm tapping out. Fuck this shit. It's oh, so a wow. WWE SUV or SVU. Yeah. SVU. Which one is it? It's been a minute. SVU. <laughs> SVU. <laughs> SUV is the car. It's got the wheels on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like if wheels, Raw Chuck. was an SUV, like wheels, it would absolutely be falling <laughs> yeah. a fucking part. Oh, it'd be in a fucking ditch right now. All right. Wow. Well, um, I don't know, guys. How do we want to wrap the show up? I know we normally go through. Everyone gets a minute. I don't want to hear you rip on wrestling anymore. If that's how it's going to go, <laughs> minute and he he puts spotlight on up there. That's a that that's a big deal. It really is a big deal. That's huge. That's very disappointing. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, but, yeah. Breaking it, news. Breaking news here on this show. Um, no, but the, seriously, fuck that guy and his continued employment at this company is yeah. completely unwarranted. Fuck him forever. 
You know, and it's just, you know, if you want to give me the argument that, you know, we're keeping, I'm just saying, if you want to give him the argument, give me the argument that you're keeping him quote unquote employed until you get official, whatever from the investigation and so on and so forth. Okay. But to, to push these guys, right. To continue to give these guys titles and moments and spotlights over and over and make them superstars while the entire universe is saying this guy is, and seeing that this guy is a creep, a piece of shit of a human being. And you continue to push these guys. It's it's far beyond wrestling. It's far beyond whether or not you like the writing and so on and so forth. You lose faith in the company just in that sense, which is a lot harsh, a lot more harsh than, you know, hating the writing of a show. If they debut dream tonight, there's going to be a hell of a backlash. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania backlash. (laughs) (laughs) Cut it. That's it. End the show. It's not getting any better than that. No. Have fun, everyone. Be safe and don't fall in the hole. (laughs) That's that's as good as it's getting. I only wrote down two two titles, and one of them was in the last five minutes, SVU or SUV. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And the other one I I typed down, I get it, because I think Nate said that at least 15 times when he's talking about Orange Cassidy. And you know what? I get it. I understand. I would say that a lot, too. My favorite part that that Shawnee had his finger up and (laughs) blew right by the stop sign. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I. That's how I. The guy who tries to stretch every single into a double. Yes, the 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 coach is like, stop! (laughs) I got this! I got this! I I, my my uh my title choice was uh, punch Jericho in the taint. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so hard. He turned around and did I? Did he just? Oh my God! That's great. I'm sorry. I love you. Kapow! <laughs> yeah, right. Right, it takes. Or maybe you just do Chris Jericho's pillow talk since he fell onto a bed. Yeah, right. Chris Jericho's my pillow. My pillow. All right. Anyone want? Well, I loved. I loved how. Uh, I forget which one of the NXT ladies uh, had tweeted out uh, a picture of somebody just falling into a bed. Appropriate shade. That is absolutely appropriate shade, especially if they had the, they had the match that you guys were talking. Yeah, um, no, they, they, they had every every Nate, right to talk. Go, go watch that. match. Forward OK, like last half hour of NXT and check yeah. that match out because it was, it, was good. it was worthwhile. Oh, God. Fucking. Shayna Baszler, Nia Jackson, Reginald. First match of Raw. God uh, damn it. Um, they got to get rid of, yeah. They just got to blow that whole thing up. All right. Well, I'm going to go do anything other than watch Raw tonight. You guys have a fantastic evening. Where can people find you, Chuck? You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K, playing rock band on Sundays. You can also find me on the Nerd Radio Podcast, WRAF.com, and on the Talk Horror to Me Podcast. All right. Later, nerd. Justin Valentine, where can people find you? All over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk, jvsportstalk.com, and the JV Sports Talk pay-per-view pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which returns new episodes sat- this Saturday, May 15th. Uh, Janelle over from 101 WRIF and producer on the 105 to Bounce Morning Show will be on with me talking about WrestleMania Backlash. All right. I'm Shawnee Constant. You can find me at Shawnee Constant and at uh, One Fall Show on Twitter, on Instagram at Shawnee.Constant. Nate Bender, you are our newest champion. Where can people find you? You can't. (laughs) Bye.
Nah, uh, at Nate Benderama uh, on Twitch or Twitter and uh, Limit Break Radio on uh, on Twitch.